college athletes are now becoming employees of their schools. This isn't the beginning of the end. It's the middle of it. And this is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Let's get into college athletes getting paid by their schools. The 6 plus 6 playoff format that's still in place in Kansas State. Shocking Kansas last night. First and foremost, for most of the Big 12, for most of the ACC, for portions of the Big 10, and even a couple of SEC teams, this is the worst news possible if athletes actually become employees of their school. It sounds so dour to bring up the death of conferences like we just saw from the Pac-12 to bring up the death of college athletics. But while a lot of us talking heads have brought it up and most of us have tailored something toward the legitimacy of how this could play out amongst the Big Ten and the SEC, it's actually the Ivy League that's brought it. Dartmouth. Dartmouth basketball players. Might I remind you, Dartmouth basketball sucks. And their basketball players came together and said, we should unionize. Of course, it was the Ivy League nerds that decided that this was their... Look, and somebody could clip this and be like, look at this guy who's ratting on Dartmouth basketball. Play. I am. I 100% am. They they all got in a room like, we have one Ivy League win. What can we do to win this season? Let's revolt. And you know what? This win with them saying we should be able to create a union as employees and a judge saying, you know what? You're right. You are an employee of the university. You know what this win says that these players, that college athletes can now determine practice time, the amount of time they work. In effect, that the college players can negotiate their salaries, that college players could negotiate possible benefits, that college players are no longer student athletes. They are working athletes. They are playing professional athletics because they are getting paid to do what they do. Now, do I hate the idea that there is compensation to athletes who make the money for these schools? No. Let's think about this. There are university presidents, coaches, ADs who makes who make millions upon millions of dollars. These programs can make billions of dollars. At least the, the whole makes over a billion dollars and another billion and another billion. College athletics brings in so much money every year. And the ones who really get the, the ones who really get the work done are not the ones who see that money. Think about this. We aren't showing up to games to see a coach, to see Bill Underwood coach a basketball game. We're showing up to games to see athletes play these games. They're, they are truly the employees of what money is being brought in. They are the ones that we, we show up to their work every day. We wear their uniform and watch them do what they do. I don't, in essence, hate the idea of them being compensated for what they do. But the, the, the idea I do hate is when we go to Charlie Baker's formula. Charlie Baker's the president of the NCAA. And what he has said in this scenario is, yeah, let, let's have the, the schools actually pay the athletes $30,000 per athlete for at least half of your athletes. And, and the schools that can't afford that, let's kick them to the wayside. If you've watched any Josh Pate, and by the way, Josh Pate has been on this show. Josh Pate is a, is a friend of the program. I love watching his stuff. I don't have a bad word to say about Josh Pate. He has put out things in the last couple of days when he has turned into someone who has who has completely embraced the idea 
of of some of, of of like a TCU going to the wayside of so he in essence is saying some of you will die that is a risk the NCAA is willing to take when Josh Pate has gone that direction where he has said there is almost no reason to to factor in the alternative because there is no alternative moving forward that is when you know this is legitimate that what Charlie Baker the NCAA president says I want student athletes to get paid by their schools when Dartmouth players say we want to unionize as employees of our schools. And a judge says, you know what? You're right. That is the perfect storm. While the SEC and the Big Ten are meeting as we speak to talk about these very conversations, that is the perfect storm to hyperactivate, to hyperactivate major change in college athletics that kills Kansas State, that kills Baylor, that that kills an Arizona State or an Arizona. These A lot of these programs that are either in decent financial standing even they're not going to make it. The programs that are in awful financial standing, your Arizona, who just lost two hundred plus million dollars in cash, they thought they had laying around and they miscalculated that. That is not good. <laughs> if you're in that boat, that is not good. And for most Big Twelve programs, like an Iowa State, that is not good. I make. Can I? Can I peel the curtain back a bit here? Not only do I love watching Iowa State and Kansas State play football. I, I make money like that. That's my job. I host locked on big 12. I love that the big 12 exists. I want to bring up a buddy of mine. who was on the show last week, Spencer McLaughlin. He was locked on pack 12. He's now hosting locked on college football because there is no more pack 12. What are they going to do with me? What are they, what's my show going to be when in two years time, the big 12 is null because the literal president of the NCAA wants to create a an employee employer relationship between athletes and their schools when the one when the governing body over these over these institutions is the one saying yeah let's do this that is a very good telltale that it's going to happen that this is the trajectory what does that look like in essence I love this. I saw a tweet and I wish I could I could give credit to to whoever tweeted it out. I saw in essence this this says that the SEC and the Big Ten can play in their own league. They can play in their own league in football. They're going to have their own little thing that they do because they're the rich ones. They can pay their athletes X amount of dollars to make sure that they keep up with whatever quota the NCAA sets, whatever quota these players now lobby for in their unions. For the rest of us, what do we do? Especially outside of football and the non-revenue sports, does this mean that we can effectively kick out Kentucky from the NCAA tournament? Can we kick out Vanderbilt from the College World Series? In football, yeah, you get your national championship. Congratulations, LSU. You just won it on the biggest stage against the best teams, the best 20 teams uh, or the best 20 brands in America. But for basketball, now what do we do? What are the rest of us? This is a, a wholly a football conversation. And it's that kind of stuff that works into this. It's that kind of stuff that works into this that to me says there is too much to consider to keep going down this path. There's too much gray area to keep going down the path is going to kill college athletics as we know it. It's going to create this elite super league, this super conference that's above the NCAA, that's above Division One, that's above a national championship or college football playoff where they make the rules they want to make. Uh, Matt Brown tweets, there's going to be an appeal for sure, but if Dartmouth basketball players fall under the employment classification, a whole hell of a lot of other athletic programs beyond Power 5 football and basketball will too. And he lands it that is the case we have in front of ourselves right now with uh, Dartmouth's going to Dartmouth will appeal but with a judge ruling hey you know what by the looks of this yeah yeah you are employees that's not good for all of us the national this is the the actual this is Pete Nagos 
Major college sports news. The National Labor Relations Board Regional Director in Region 1 in Boston has issued a decision ruling Dartmouth men's basketball players are employees of Dartmouth. NLRB ordering a union election. That tweet, as simple as it is, as few words as it is, is the demise of college athletics. It's not the beginning. We've already seen the beginning. We saw the beginning, and I, I don't even want to point at Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, but that, to me, was the spiral of, whew, now some of the biggest brands in the country in the modern era, in an even more modern era than we were in 10 years ago when Nebraska jumped ship and A&M jumped ship, and when Utah joined the Pac-12, even more modern. We, we are in a completely different realm because of NIL and the transfer portal, completely different realm, and brands matter now more than ever by tenfold. That was the catalyst to, hey, wait a second, guys. What if we start all making decisions that factor money and money only? Now the athletes want it, too. I don't hate them getting compensated. They're the ones who've been putting millions of dollars, billions of dollars in pockets across the country that are not their own. However, when we start talking stipulations, we start talking unions, when we start talking students negotiating salaries, that's when things are going to quickly end. Why? Because we've already set a precedent that these coaches and these ADs are going to make millions of dollars. If we get to the point where players are making more than the coaches and the ADs, that's not going to fly. The ADs, the coaches, they're not going to lay down and do that. This is going to implode in on itself if we're not careful and we're not being careful. This is bad. And that's not dour. That's not unrealistic. It's just the truth. It is just exactly where we're sitting in college. In the, the NCAA is almost spearheading it. Dartmouth players are employees of Dartmouth. And if this holds up and TCU players are employees of TCU, Oklahoma State players are employees of Oklahoma State. UCF players are, are employees of UCF. We are going to see a change that takes UCF out of contention for a national championship in football because that's where the real money wants to see this whole thing go. That's it. Be ready. That's where we are as of Tuesday, February 6th on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is where I go to make money. I like to make money. I've told you this. I go to FanDuel and I say, hey, FanDuel, I think that Kansas State basketball is going to beat Kansas in the basketball game. And then Kansas State basketball beats Kansas in the basketball game in overtime. And guess what FanDuel does? FanDuel says, nice job, Drake. Very nicely done. Good pick. We'll give you some money because you made that pick. Whatever money you had on it, we'll give you a little bit more than that because there's plus odds. And with the Super Bowl coming up, you can do that on the Super Bowl too. Super Bowl 58, FanDuel has best bets for which players will score a touchdown. How many points will be scored in the game? And so much more. Right now, go bet on Patrick Mahomes. Bet against Patrick Mahomes. I don't care. Just as long as you're a FanDuel enjoying this offer. $200 in bonus bets. Your first bet of $5 or more wins. That's right. New customers join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets. Your first bet of $5 or more wins. FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book of the NFL. Remember that one time that I told you the 5 plus 7 format in college athletics was going to help the Big 12? Well, the Big 12 could probably get more teams into the college football playoff if they went 5 plus 7. Let's break it down. Five, five conference champions. Four from the Power Four. One from the Group of Five. Seven at-large bids. 
That's good, right? That helps us. The seven at-large bids is where things get very fun. If it was six plus six, right, five conference champions, the Pac-12 included, and then that extra conference champion that comes from the group of five against six other at-large teams, that takes one at-large off the board, meaning if we have a Utah who sits at 11 and two, they might not get in, right? I like the idea that one extra at-large team gets in that's going to benefit the Big 12, right? But wait a second. I was told that there was some like random group of commissioner board thing that voted for the college football playoff to move from the format of six plus six to a five plus seven. Because remember, the Pac-12 imploded. But then again, the Pac-12 has a grace period where the Pac-12 still kind of exists till 2026. And guess who controls it? Oregon State and Washington State. A judge already ruled that all the assets of the conference go to them. Then they settled out of court with the rest of the teams to try to figure things out. So they settled. Then what's the problem? Why, why can't we go to the five plus seven? The thing that benefits the Big 12. Well, the problem is that Kirk Schultz who's the president of Washington state is on the board, on the committee and guess who votes on anything and everything that happens with the college football playoff committee, the board. And guess what? It has to be unanimous to change anything. The blocking vote, the deciding vote, the guy who has all the power in his hands is the president of Washington state. And guess who you all just screwed over in this, in this brand of realignment and this, in this recent realignment, it was Kirk Schultz. This is great. This is tweeted out by the Digital Dam, written by CBS Sports. The two schools battered and bruised after being left out of the conference realignment could essentially control the CFP on any issue going forward over the next two years. You hear that? Washington State and Oregon State can control any issue with the college football playoff and where it goes for two years. As a result, less than 11 months until the 12-team playoff kicks off, the CFP is once again stuck in the mud. What I know for certain is that Kirk wants to use that vote for leverage, said a source to CBS. Kirk Schultz has the Pac-12 vote, and he effectively has a veto vote. That is the thing with this. Washington State and Oregon State have power. They have leverage. It's It's what I told you. It's what I told you four months ago. That I believe the Washington State and Oregon State were going to come to the Big 12. And I, I, I don't I think that's off the table for now because we got bigger fish to fry with the way that now players are employees of the universities. But the reason that I brought that up is because there is leverage here. These two teams, Kirk Schultz, because of what he has, these two programs have a lot of power over the future of the college football playoff. How much power? It's obvious we'd go to a five plus seven. We can't give an auto bid to the Pac 12 or the Pac 2 now. And also, they're kind of an independent out there, right? Washington State and Oregon State technically independent because they decided not to be the Pac 12 anymore. They settled out of court. But we're sitting in a situation in which Kirk Schultz is still on the board for the next two years and can deny anything and everything and speaks for the trees. Kirk Schultz is the Lorax. He speaks for the trees. The one thing that we cut down over the course of college football realignment in the last six months, Washington State and Oregon State, and they're the ones with the biggest vote. When all votes are equal and it's unanimous, the one who votes against what the whole wants is the biggest vote. And that's what Kirk Schultz has. So what does that mean? It means we're likely stuck in a six plus six. And some would argue that a six plus six does not benefit Washington state and Oregon state. That, that the, the idea here is they, they can't get the pack two into the college football playoff. That's true. And, and also how does this benefit? Does it benefit the big 12? Does it hurt the big 12 to me as we move forward in college in, in, in this new age, it is a new age of college athletics that players are employees of the university. The big 12 is in a, in a decently in a decent spot compared to like the ACC. I love this from C.W. Lambert. An undeniable fact, the Big 12 is a distinct and significant advantage over the ACC in terms of brand equity. That brand equity gap increased when the Big 12 added U of A, ASU, Colorado, and Utah. It increased again when the ACC added Cal, Stanford, and SMU. That's going to backfire and blow up in their face. Yes. I think the Big 12 is in a better spot in the ACC as we move forward. I think the Big 12 is in a better spot in the ACC when it comes to the college football playoff. But if we're in a 6-plus-6 format... Nobody's really winning. 
The only person who's winning, Kirk Schultz, individual. And then Washington State and Oregon State, who have lost prospects, who have who have lost a footing as group of five teams, as independent teams. What they're doing, I thought Kirk Schultz would come around. What they're doing by canceling out another at-large bid is going to hurt them if the Pac-12 doesn't get an automatic bid. And it won't because it's made up of two teams. And I don't know if this, I don't know if this is leverage enough to get you into a conference. Or, I don't know if it's leverage enough to get you into a place that you want to be, Kirk Schultz. I'm rooting for you. Those two teams didn't deserve that. I would hate if TCU was left out of the power five all of a sudden, or Oklahoma State, or Texas Tech, or Houston. But, buddy, if we're not going to recognize you as a conference champion, there have to be six conference champions in there. Because you don't, you don't really have a conference. You, you, there can't be Pac-12 champion. Then, you're going to lose another at-large. So you're just sabotaging this effectively. And good for you, I guess. If it kicks out one more Big 12 team, that's the sacrifice we make for not taking you and your posse. Whatever. It's kind of wild, man. As I was reading more and more about it, I was like, dang, this dude, this one dude has the power to shut everything down. Kind of awesome. He can just rob the whole thing. You shouldn't have hurt the man who's on the board. Uh, Kansas State beat Kansas. And boy, was it nuts. This is Locked On Big 12. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is where I keep my ride or die alive. I love eBay Motors. I've told you this. Passion, drive, and patience brings home the winning trophy, and it keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak. LED headlights, exhaust kits, roof racks, superchargers, speed, power, style. They get you covered. Number one ride or die has 122 million parts at ebaymotors.com to keep you on the road. With all the parts you need, the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Um, eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers ebay motors is the place to go just go there keep your ride or die alive you're missing a headlight ebaymotors.com kansas state is the most electric basketball team in the big 12 and also the most disappointing and the worst I mean, it's hyperbolic. It's hyperbolic. Tyler Perry is my least favorite basketball player in the Big 12 to watch. He's also my favorite. I at times I wonder, does he know how to play basketball? And then other times I think, wow, that dude's a closer. And then also, if if you had to listen to this, listen to this. This is why I'm so frustrated with Kansas State. And I'm happy they won. I'm happy they won because I like Jerome Tang a lot. And he was great when he was in Waco and him and I were close. Uh, if, if you took a point off the board for every time a team airballed a shot, Kansas State would have lost this game by like five. Kansas State just kept airballing shots. The Tyler Berry shot at the buzzer. Awful. Airball after air. One in every four possessions for Kansas State basketball is just not the sport of basketball. It's throwing the ball as physically, as far as you physically can out of bounds. It is throwing the ball to the other team. It is being up two or four. And Tyler Perry, your best guard, saying, you know what, Kansas, here's the ball. And then Kansas saying, boop, we'll give it right back to you. And then Tyler Perry saying, no, 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 no. I'm not kidding. I want you to have it in overtime. Uh, that it, it was appalling. I can't imagine being a fan of that stadium because you're just, hey, ooh, ooh, here's the moment where Kansas State has a chance to win it. And they just do something stupid that gave Kansas hope. The same Kansas team that led by double digits. 
Kansas State, did they deserve to win this game? I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not, I can't make the case the officials won it for Kansas State because we've seen so much home cooking at, at Allen Fieldhouse that even Kansas fans will admit that sometimes it gets a little one-sided. And for Kansas State, yeah, there are a couple calls that go your way there. The one where the guy throws the ball out of bounds and it definitely wasn't touched by Kansas and it still stayed Kansas State ball. And there was the one where they called the cylinder foul on Dickinson. It's just a trap. We can't. We can still trap in college basketball. Like, there was some questionable stuff. I, I, I'm not going to blame the officials in this one, though. It was kind of funny there at a couple moments. And I, I'm not going to say that Kansas State won this game as much as Kansas lost this because of how bad some of these moments were for the Wildcats. But in the end, it was just Tyler Perry, who I've ragged on, who I have not enjoyed watching play basketball, who has been overall not great for K- to me, overall, not great. Too many moments with this team now five and five in Big 12 play where I think, oh, Kansas State, they're they're a they're a tournament team. They made it to the Elite Eight last year. They're good again this year. They have Tyler Perry, who was supposed to be one of the best guards in the country. And maybe for the first time, my takeaway is Tyler Perry went up there, put on his big boy pants and won you this game. Tyler Perry won this game for Kansas State and it rocked. There's the the students not rushing the court thing too, which like Jerome Tank calling a timeout to have his staff tell the students not to rush the court. Is that Bush League? You tell me. I, don't, I haven't decided yet. Is that is that weird? Like we're not letting kids be kids. I know it's a fine, but nobody really cares about the fine. Are we just not letting kids be kids? And when he tells the students like, hey, don't say the FKU thing where he's like, let's talk about us, not our opponent. Do you like that? We're not really letting college students be college students and do the fun things that they like. I I know it's vulgar, it's crass, and it doesn't give a good look. And like John John Kurtz tweeted about it, and I love John Kurtz is dope, man. His content's spectacular, and I get it. I get it. Like you don't want to put a bad rap on your fan base by rushing the court or saying the f word. But dude, at some point, like I was in college a year ago, you just want to be a stupid college kid. At what point can you be a stupid college kid? Like, ah, well, we uphold ourselves to a different standard. It's college sports, dude. Like, things are just, this is silly and stupid. In, in Manhattan, Kansas. Look, in Provo, I get it. And I respect it in Provo. I think it's great in Provo. Dial them back, man. The horns down thing was stupid, but there's a happy medium. In Manhattan? Dude, let the kids have fun. In Lubbock, let the kids have fun. In Lawrence, let the kids have fun. In Waco, in, in Provo, sure, dial it back. In Orlando, have at it. I think Kansas State has this aura of moxie about its program. I don't mind them rushing the court. The FKU thing. Welcome to college athletics. That's what kids do. Go to the SEC. It gets a whole lot worse in the SEC. That takes away from everything. Like, dude, think about Art Kaluma at the end of this game. Like, well, Arthur, buddy, what are you doing? There's so many just air ball after air ball for, for all everybody on the floor for Kansas. It's like to just go close the game out. There's it's obvious who the better team is. What a freaking gutsy win for Kansas State. What a gutsy win. And students, you deserve to rush the court. Fine. I said it. You deserve to rush the court. because It's fun. and It's dope. And I think it would have been cool to see you rush the court, but you didn't because your coach told you not to. Yeah. You behaves. Your team does get fined. Whatever. This has been it always will be. Come back tomorrow. Let's talk some Colorado tomorrow. Are they going to be good? They're, they're looking pretty good. Also, I'm going to Tampa with the bananas and the party animals. So, recording schedule might get funky at the end of the week. Wish me luck. My first weekend of banana ball. Oh, what? This has been always will be locked on. Thanks for making your first listen every single day. Dose Grande.